0: Welcome to episode 22 of the Girl Unlimited podcast, the podcast dedicated to seeing you livefully, love abundantly and be all you were created to be. I'm so glad you're here today because boy, I have an amazing show in store for you today in the person of an amazing guest. When you talk about women who are absolutely killing it in their field, look no further than my guest in today's show, Tamara Bubble. Tamara is a rapper, a singer, a songwriter, a producer, and now a self-published author with her debut release from Sync to Superstar, which we talk a lot about in today's episode. She has well over a 100 commercial releases, including four album projects, two EPs, and her music has landed some major licensing wins with notable clients like Disney and Paramount and Universal Pictures, Netflix, BET, National Geographic, Samsung, Facebook, TikTok, and that's just naming a few. She's open for major acts like Lil Mo, Joel Ortiz, Cassidy, to name a few. And she's performed in festivals like South by Southwest, A3C Hip Hop Festival, iMusic Festival, and even the Apollo Theater. The first time I met Tamara, we were at this music licensing conference in Los Angeles. And now, if you've never heard the term music licensing or sync licensing, it is the process of licensing music to other media formats like films and TV shows and ads and games. Music artists or publishers, and sometimes that's just one and the same person, they simply license their music in return for a fee. And it can be quite lucrative, given the right parameters and such. Now, back to this music licensing conference, we had this listening session where the host plays a few tracks and uh, maybe a couple of minutes into the track and the panel, which was consisting of music supervisors. Now, music supervisors are the ones who are responsible for taking the music and placing it into these media formats I mentioned earlier. And we had this panel of music supervisors and they were meant to give their feedback. Now, most of the tracks played in this session were really, really, really good. I mean, I remember feeling just a little bit intimidated hearing the level of talent coming out from those auditorium speakers. But one track literally floored us all in the room. I mean, yeah, it was a unanimous reaction and it was by this woman, Tamara Bubble. And as expected, the feedback received was <laughs> way beyond positive. Not surprising, people flocked around her like beast to honey after the event, <laughs> myself included. And on meeting her, a few things stood out to me. One, she was extremely down to earth. Two, she literally oozed self-belief. And I suspect this is her secret weapon, if you ask me. And then she was extremely generous, especially with her knowledge. And that tends to stand out in a room full of potential competitors, as you would imagine. Anyways, we connected on Facebook afterwards, and I've followed her ever since and watched her grow from strength to strength. Then as though that wasn't enough, she goes and writes a book. <laughs> and you guys know how much I love a good book, whether it is fiction or non-fiction, and This book is so aptly titled Sync to Superstar, which means if you ever wanted to know a bit more about music licensing, then this is probably the first place to start. And this is probably the first episode to start from as well. But this episode covers so much more than music licensing. We delve into the story of her life before she found Sync and even music and some of the challenges she's experienced along the way, which has made her this incredible force, fully committed to her craft I truly believe there's so much we can glean from this woman who has this incredible work ethic, who, though has had her fair share of challenges, has found a way to turn her lemons into the best tasting lemonade you could ever have. Now, don't forget to share this episode with a friend or two and consider rating or leaving a review if you're listening on iTunes. My name is TRE, and you're listening to The Girl Unlimited podcast. Miss Tamara Bubble. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Girl Unlimited podcast. Um, I kind of feel like I always have to put Miss in front of your name for some reason. You just just garner that kind of respect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I was so thrilled when you said yes, because um, like I was telling, telling you just before I pressed record. To me, you are like the Girl Unlimited, like through and through. <laughs> You're breaking barriers, You specifically the indie artist barrier. You know, you are defying limitations and you keep adding new titles to your name. So we have the singer and then we have got the songwriter and then the actress. And then we've got the
1: model and more recently author. <laughs> yeah. Can I say something too yes. about the, the saying? Yes, you said thank you for saying yes. Um, that's actually how I become unlimited. I, I don't say no to opportunity. Um, I don't say no to interviews. I don't say no to placements. I don't say no to, that is why I'm a producer. I don't say no to opportunity, but yeah, let's keep wow. going. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So I mean, congrats
0: on the release of your book From sync to Superstar. Um, Thank you. I, I read the book in one sitting. just to let you know it it. (laughs) It was quick easy read and it's exactly as you said it was like a girlfriend just chatting to you and you were just dishing out this truth bombs and Mm -hmm. we got a little glimpse into your personal life and what it's taken to get to where you are today and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly, girl, you are grinding. And I, I'm, in fact, I'm, I can't, I'm not mincing words when I say you deserve all the success you've had so far and much more that's coming down the line. I know. So, Thank congratulations.
1: You. So, Thank you.
0: so many questions to ask. I was so intrigued and had so many takeaways. So, I'm going to try very hard to not make this too long because I don't want to take too much of your time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I always like to start from the beginning. I know you shed a little light on your early years, you know, in the book, uh, but what was it really like growing up for you and what, uh, give us a little insight on what little tomorrow was like and is, was there any indication that you will be doing what you're doing now?
1: Uh, so there was absolutely no indication that I would be doing music. I never, ever, 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 like it is the last career that I ever thought I would be doing. Growing up was crowded. I have a football team of siblings. Oh uh, yeah. I have a huge family and that's just on my mother's side. I feel like every time there's a family reunion, I meet new people. Um, so if I really blow up, then I know I'll really meet some new people. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that already happens now. Um, but I, I, I learned to share and I learned to work with people growing up because there's a lot of us and, I did entertainment, it was just fun around the house. I remember being annoying around the house. I remember just dancing and just like, sometimes music didn't even have to be playing. I was just moving around doing stupid stuff. And it was probably very annoying (laughs) to my family, but it was entertaining for me, but that was all that it was. The singing I did in church, that was for God. That wasn't for me. All of it was just not for me. It was either just like for fun or for some, some other purpose um music fell in my lap out of nowhere and it took over my life like and, and I can't shake it it doesn't matter how many years go by how many months go by how many songs I create I still love it like I just found it that um, yeah that was growing up
0: <laughs> that is amazing I mean it wasn't until I read your book that I actually knew that you sang in church and that we have in common because I still sing in church, uh, right, right now. Um, and I could identify with, you know, what you were talking about, you know, the, um, you know, getting the performance chops from, you know, singing yes. to a small audience and, oh God, you know, yes. popping rehearsals and epic <laughs> fill Sundays. I was like, yes, yes. this girl is speaking yes. my language. So how yes. in the world did you tr- transition from mm-hmm. that singing in church to being a rapper? W- why did you transition?
1: Um, I don't even know if it was a transition. I started rapping because there was a crew of guys that used to rap. And I was the only singer. And it was like, whenever they would rap songs, you know, most rappers either have the entire song rap and they'll just like rap the chorus or they'll get a singer to sing the hook. And So I would sing their hooks. I was basically their hook singer. So I'd be around when they were like doing ciphers and rapping and stuff. And I would be saying to myself while they're rapping. So I can rap better than them. And I had never rapped before. I just felt like I I could rap better than them. And so I started rapping. Um, But by that time I had already found music and I was singing, but uh, as far as professionally, but yeah, I just, I don't know why I started, I know why I started rapping, but it wasn't like a specific reason. It was just like, I felt like I could rap better than them. So I did. And I thought I was a better rapper than them, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) you I mean I haven't heard the guys but I've heard you rap and I'm like I mean the first time I heard you and that was in, you know the event I said we met uh that I met you uh in 2019 and I think if I'm not mistaken they played something of yours and I was like I believe so whoa whoa like it was literally like out of this world. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. I mean, I immediately felt intimidated. I was like, no, nah, I can't because I can't rap to save oh. my life. <laughs> I can, I can definitely sing, but I, I know I couldn't do half of the things you do. And I, a, a very interesting part of the book. Maybe I shouldn't actually say it because we don't give so much away. But there was a you where you talked about how you honed your chops. You know, mm-hmm. um, with the interesting phone conversations you were having. <laughs> yeah. Guys, with my acting. my voice yeah. acting. But I, 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 I guys, <laughs> you need to pick up the book and obviously listen to you know read what I am talking about. But that's that's for you yeah. to pick up the book <laughs> so you can see what I was it was. It's interesting you that.
1: Surprised, like what what kind of transferable skills you can get from certain jobs? <laughs> I was very surprised by it too
0: absolutely absolutely that just i i literally almost fell off my chair laughing when i got to that part i was like
1: is she for real how does
0: she even make the connection yes
1: if you want to become a better rapper you should take on that that job and uh, i go into detail in the book
0: in the book absolutely well let's talk about purpose for for a minute it was beautiful to see you talk about it because it's something that I that lights me up every time I talk about I think about it every time I talk about it because I feel like everyone is here for a reason I feel like, you know, we're we're not we're not on earth at this time at this moment in time by mistake, and, um, but so many people are struggling to find their purpose and you wrote about how you pretty much stumbled on uh, on yours in your opinion how does how does one identify their purpose you were able to even though you stumbled on it you were able to identify that yeah this is my purpose and you've run with it ever since what was it that made you think that and how in your opinion can people find or identify their purpose
1: I think it's something that the individual will just, it will reach out to them. It will connect to them in such a way. For me, when I discovered my purpose, my intention wasn't to uh, be a songwriter or entertainer. It was, sorry, it was to be a songwriter at first. Um, And I was just going to demo the vocals so that the producer could pitch it to Jasmine Sullivan. When I wrote the songs, the material was too personal for me to give to someone else to sing about my story. And that's when I started pursuing music. And when I started pursuing music, I knew it was just something within me that knew this is what I am supposed to do. This is what I'm, this is what I was created for. Like, even though I'm maybe good at accounting or good at whatever job it is that I do, um, because I've always been like, even whether it was customer service, bartending, I could always just pass whatever exam or whatever. I was always able to do that but it wasn't something that just grabbed me and that I wanted to devote my time and energy, like all of my free time and energy to like music was that, that was the only thing that I could literally work on it, get no sleep and still be as energized, still be as excited and still be willing to work for it. And I'm still like that this to this day with it. I, it doesn't, it doesn't bore me. It doesn't, that's how I know it's my purpose. And and it's helping others. Like when you, put out a song and and someone, when I, I remember I performed one time and they brought somebody up to me that was crying. I didn't know what to say to her, but I was like, yeah, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to touch people with the music. I'm supposed to, that is what, that is the gift that I can give them, my story, my, my delivery, my music. And just over time, it, I just kept getting a reconfirmation, And I think that maybe is how you'll know. Maybe sometimes, you pick up things and it may be just a hobby. It just maybe something that you enjoyed for that moment. And now it's kind of not as much for you. Um, but I think your purpose too, you'll, you'll realize that it's yours because it allows you to help people. And it's also self-fulfilling for you. But music is all of that for me. And I just never get tired of it. I don't know why I don't get tired of it. Like all these songs, I should be tired of it. I, I wrote a song today. Like, <laughs> just, I love it. I love
0: it. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, What you said is absolutely true. I did share in one of the episodes, one of the early episodes of this podcast, where I said, you know, your purpose, you know, in terms of identifying your purpose, it will always have something to do with people. It would always have, Mm -hmm. because that's the reason God gave it to you, because his heart Mm -hmm. is people. So it will always Mm -hmm. have some, in some way or the other, it will always consist of um, serving people you know, and, um, yeah. that's exactly what you said. Okay. So I'm just wondering, I mean, you, you are this ball of energy and you seem very driven. You talked, you just, you briefly just touched on your other life as an accountant and you you're yes. a lot about it in the book. So give us a little insight yeah. on what life was like, uh, as an accountant. And initially I'm guessing you were juggling both music and accountancy, and then now you're full-time.
1: I'm I'm full-time music now uh, full-time as of music. July 2020.
0: Wow. Um so
1: initially it was just accounting before I found music. I was perfectly fine. Like that's what I talk about in the book too. Like before I found music, I was good. I was going to die an accountant. Like I was going to make <laughs> partner. I was going to make my millions. I was going to be fine. <laughs> I did not have a problem. Like I took one class in high school and it was like, oh yeah, everybody needs this person to do their taxes. Everybody's going to need an auditor. So I'm going to be all forever employable. I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm good with numbers. I'm good with, you know, so it was just easy. Like, and I was good at it. So it just made sense. And I didn't struggle. It was just until I found music that I started to hate it out of nowhere. It was like, I was fine going to work. Like I worked very long hours in accounting. Yeah. Um. I got a whole lot of free lunches and dinners, a whole lot of free travel. Like it was, I was fine <laughs> and I got paid well. Um. And I don't know that for some reason I just started to hate it to the point where I was almost in like, I feel like I was in a state of depression for, for a while. When I, mm. once I had picked up music really well and I wanted to just focus on music. Cause I was mm. always saying, Look, I have to waste these hours traveling to work. I have to waste these hours at work working when I could be doing music. That's what was always running through the back of my mind. And so, Mm -hmm. to kind of cope with it, I said, okay, well, if I have to work, I'll just make it look like I'm working. I'll make sure I get my work done earlier and I won't tell them because, you know, I'm good at it. So, I'll get it done quicker and I won't be like, oh, I'm done. So, you can give me some more. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's that deadline, I'm coming in like two seconds before. <laughs> and um until then I'm gonna work on music. And so that's what helped me get through it. That's what helped me not quit so much. Cause I, I was quitting. Um even though I was doing so well at it, I just wanted sometimes I just I couldn't stay. I wanted to be able to full time focus on music. But I would have to go back. I, I tell why in the book. But um yeah, I it was rough. It was really <laughs> rough trying to cope. I was taking some very long lunches to get mm. through it, but I would still get my stuff done. And so even though they knew that I was like not working all the time, it was, it had to have been obvious. I was missing so much, but yeah. the work was getting done. And so that's one of the things that I loved about the the companies that I worked for. They, they weren't on my back I, or I really would have quit. They just, as long as I got the work done, I could like break the little dress codes and I could break the little whatever <laughs> rules. And I take these long lunches <laughs> and the work would still get done. So Everybody wins. (laughs) Oh gosh!
0: So obviously, reading the book and the little that I know about you now, I I just kept scratching my head. I was like, does Does this girl have a weakness? Is there anything that you know, if not checked, will rock the boat? (laughs) Do you ever drop the ball just out of interest? (laughs) Uh, I don't
1: know a weakness. I'm I'm trying to think because I used to like prepare for that because you know in interviews like I was so much yeah they want to know what's your weakness and I used to say what did I tell them I had a good juicy (laughs) answer it always made me look good like Oh, man, I'm mad. I don't. I haven't had an interview in so long. I, I don't can't. want Ooh. that one.
0: I want the real one. I want. I don't want the one that <laughs> makes you look. You know. I know the. I know the interview one. The interview one that you know it is actually a strength, but it's kind of like a weakness. You know, the one right. that you, right. you're like, oh, that I'm, hard, I'm a right? perfectionist, but obviously that just right. basically work means that you're thorough. Really, that's what you're trying to, try to say. You know? right. Not those ones.
1: <laughs> weakness, weakness, weakness. What can I do? man, anything I put my mind to, I can do it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'll am i discover it when I just. Dis- oh, I can't engineer. So I, I'm not good at mixing. That is the one thing that I outsource. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that I outsource the engineering, the whoever, you know, mixing, mastering my, my records, but I was also told too, that you're not supposed to do that anyway, because absolutely you're close mm-hmm. to it. So maybe I'm good at it. I'm just following the rules of not mixing my own, but We'll use
0: that as a weakness for now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that. No, and-
1: I, I cook, I sew, I dance. I, I can do. I can do. <laughs> that is what we're talking about. I can do. I can do it all. Yeah.
0: No, and there are some people, I have met some people that, that are like that. I see it like something from scripture, from the Bible, the parable of the... um The talents. The talents. Yeah. So you have the yeah. one that has five and the one that has two and the one that has one. So I think somehow God kind of apportions... <laughs>
1: I don't know why, but so I could handle a few extra ones. <laughs> I do my graphics. I do my website. I do and you know what's crazy? I've had to do because when I would hire people to do it, they wouldn't do it right. And I would lose money. I would waste time. I would be a lot there'd be a lot of back and forth. And it got to where, let me see if I can do it. And then when I did it and mm. I thought it was like, oh, is that a pretty decent quality? Let me keep doing it. Cause I'm gonna get I'm only gonna get better. Um and that's why I've been doing so much that's why i've been so diy not because i wanted to be because i would definitely outsource stuff mm. if i just had somebody on standby to make these graphics mm. do this do this mm. do this mm. but they wouldn't do it right and they, or i would get scammed like a, like something on online you think it's like a real graphic designer and you go get your little cartoon scam going <laughs>
0: <laughs> you talk a lot about getting scammed yeah in the, in, the, in the book and that really that's what that was why i said what i said in the beginning that's i mean you've been through the ringer you know, but, yeah. you know, you see you somehow, which is why I'm saying you deserve all this success you had. I, I I can identify with, you know, being very DIY because when I started in music and obviously I'm nowhere near doing half as much as you are. Um, but and my, my reason was the fact that I didn't have the money. <laughs> so okay. I couldn't even outsource even if I wanted to. So I had to learn a lot of those things. So the graphic designing and the uh, website and the, you know, and you know, as long, because I know you also talk about perfection in the book, as long as it's not, you're not trying to, you're not craving perfection, which does not exist, obviously. And I know you talk a little bit about that as well, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah. So the, it doesn't exist. Um, it, perfection only exists in your mind, but the thing is, no one thinks like you, no one finds what you find perfect to be their equal a representation of perfection so hmm. you're never even when you get it to what you feel is perfect people will still have a problem with it so there, there's always going to be a discord there's always going to be a disconnect um and when you when you as an artist I think artists should focus on being an artist and not in the sense of creating music as an artist in the sense of being a painter being hmm. a sculptor like when those artists create they make what they make and they hmm. finish and it's done. It is over with. So I, I don't understand why musical artists feel like just because they can go back and record something over or switch this word out or swap this word out that they should. You know how many songs I've, the song is out commercially released and I a new, better lyric comes to me. I'm not changing it. It's done. And that's where I think artists should get. that. That I think that's where artists should be thinking in terms of, the type of artist that they are when like when a painter finishes they put their art they sign it they put it in the museum they're not swiping another stroke mm-hmm. they're not adding another color they're not taking feedback mm-hmm. it is it's art if there's an imperfection in it so be it mm. it's their that's their creative work
0: absolutely um, that, that's, yeah. that speaks volumes and that holds so many people back especially women um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we just, you, you, keep going because you're like, it's not, but I get, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, statistics actually show that men tend to, it's just like in job interviews. I hear that, um, men meeting just 60% of the requirements, they will apply mm-hmm. for that job, but women wait, wait until they have they hundred percent qualified before they will go and apply for a role. And I just right. found that really crazy because That's it scary. is scary. It is very you know, scary.
1: how hard it is to get to 100% ready for it. And by the time you do, they've already hired the, the 60%, so they no longer need your services.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. it's crazy. So with all this energy and you were talking about, you know, not getting tired and, you know, you wrote a song today and you spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, you know, in your craft. Yes. How do you take care of yourself? And, you know, do you ever experience burnouts or is that not something hey. that rears his head in the... Uh, in the bubble universe.
1: I so pamper me. Like, I have a song about that too. Like, I love me. I <laughs> I work for music, but it's, it's my own schedule. And I'm also, when I say I'm working, it doesn't feel like work. So it doesn't feel like I'm, oh man, I worked 18 hours, damn so tired. I never get that feeling with music. But I don't work, like, I, if I need a break, I'll take it. If I need to take it and call my little boo or whatever, I do that. Like if we go out, whatever, I do that. Like I make time for what I want to do. I don't, I don't put pressure on me either. I, um, I used to have a thing where it's like, okay, the to-do list, um, to make sure that I'm always productive. I just need to do three things today. I always update the list and I cross off as I finish. So if I get three done, I could stop the the will in me <laughs> the love of music and working or me pitching or whatever it is that I'm doing if I'm enjoying it it doesn't feel like work so yeah I may get way more than three done mm. but I try not to I try not to miss the, the three deadline but it could be simple things it could be like send three emails it could be so simple and as long as I accomplish that then I won't beat myself up mm. and I think people need to set boundaries with their own selves because you will get burned out. You will, if you put pressure, like this, 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 this I have to finish it all. <laughs> mm. You're going to get burned out. Mm. I did write 300 songs in a week. Like you're going to get burned out. You're not going to enjoy it. And I enjoy it because it's just ongoing process. And, and I get to make my own schedule. So I may be doing some of this stuff. It might be 2 AM. It might be 12 noon. It might mm. be a Saturday. I can do it whenever I want like that is the beauty of it and then I don't know I just it doesn't feel like work so I don't even know where to feel like I'm working I am playing I am having fun for a living um and getting paid to do it and and that is insane to me
0: Um, oh gosh I I had a guest on the on the on the podcast that called it plurking so she (laughs) said She says oh, it's not man. work, it's play, but it's, it's work, yes. but it's play as well. So it's And yes. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. So <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I read the statement in your book, right? I'm just going to read it verbatim because I, I put it down. I, it said, okay. I remember accepting with a jolt of truth that labels are needed and finally understood why even successful indies go Mindy. Yeah. You probably need to explain what Mindy is to people because yes. they probably don't understand that. So, uh, so successful Indies go Mindy or publicly take deals from majors. So I, I took that statement, I mean, guys. Obviously, I'm seg I'm segwaying a little bit because um, I thought this was a very important, especially if you're. A, an an indie artist and you're listening to the podcast obviously i know you know not just musicians listen but this is really important because it's something i've been saying when i read that statement i literally screamed hallelujah because i was like this has been my stance for the longest of times i'm like i understand that labels are whatever people call them but. There's a reason you talk a lot about it. So I'm just going to leave you to shed more light on what you meant by
1: that. Okay. So first we'll talk about the Mindy artists. So indie artists is of course us, you know, you're not signed to a major label or not signed to a major publisher. You're basically self-funding your music career. Mindy's are pretend indie artists. They are major indie artists. They are signed to major label deals, but publicly they don't announce it. Um, You know, because most artists like the bragging rights. Oh, I'm signed to Interscope. They yell it from the rooftop. Oh, I'm signed to Def Jam. I'm signed to Universal. I'm signed to whatever. Um, But indie artists, they were told not to speak about it. The public already thinks that they're indie, but now there's a machine behind them promoting them. So it looks like, oh my God, this indie artist is crushing it on their own when really they're signed to a major label. And the benefit of that is that the public thinks they're supporting an indie artist, so they'll get behind them even more. Mm-hmm. And the major label is putting money behind them too, so it's almost like a extra notch for them to pop. Mm-hmm. So the labels are needed because when you are an indie artist, the title sounds so glamorous, like "Oh, I don't need no label." It's like when an independent woman says, "I don't need no man," but then when <laughs> she's <laughs> it's all cute, so she's lonely. <laughs> so. When you're an indie artist and, oh, I don't need no label, it's cool until you need a marketing budget. It's cool until you need somebody to email and get your music at the radio station. It's cool until you need somebody to email these journalists and these bloggers and get your stuff out on the blogs platforms. It's cool until you need a connection at Spotify so you can get playlisted. Then you realize, oh, indie means I got to do that on my own. (laughs) Oh, okay. Indie means I am my label. Okay. I don't have money oh okay Mm. I can't move like a label oh okay this is a problem oh okay this is why I'm not moving in my career and then when all of that reality and not even just that part like oh I need the money for everything like even if I had the money now I need the actual competent team to Mm. to like if I got the money and I get the wrong people it's going to get squandered it's going to get i'm going to feel like i've been scammed mm-hmm. it's just going to not be an effective rollout i'm not going to gain fans from it so all those things come into play and and this is why um artists do sign deals like they don't want to deal with the business they don't want to have to find the graphic artist at two in the morning to get their single ready to release tomorrow mm-hmm. they don't want to have to do the admin and register their pro their song their 900th song on BMI. They don't <laughs> want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to get the check from it. Mm. And so they are willing to give up literally all of the profit. Like, yeah. you know, label deals are so bad. Like, let's just say that they mm. they're needed, mm. but it costs a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like, you're going to give up whew, all of your profit to just focus on music, where if you focus on sync, if you just focus on sync, you can fund yourself like a label. You can move like a label. You can keep all of the profit and you don't even need to spend it on promo and marketing. You can take your money and go buy your yacht. And that is what I cover in the book. <laughs> Speaking about
0: how much you know, detail you give and you did talk about how you came about writing the book or maybe tell tell yes. our listeners, how why did you decide to write a book as yes. opposed to a course or the other options decided to write a book why
1: (laughs) it was definitely a time constraint the book was the best way for me to reach a wide mass of people and at the time like there was my uh like dms emails were like flooded like everybody (laughs) was sending music and asking questions about sync and can you rep Mm. this and can you do this and i couldn't get back to them and i wanted to help. Like that's how I know music is my purpose. Cause I want to help strangers mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> that need help because I know at one point that was me.
0: Right. Uh, and
1: so I said, okay, I have to share what I know. That's how I'll, I won't have to answer questions. And when I spill out everything that I know now, it's just read the book and you've had my brain for now, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and take mm-hmm. my brain. So I, mm-hmm. I wrote that book in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. It did not take long at all. Actually, it probably was like one week. And I like to tell this because my plan was to write one chapter a day. That was the, remember I said, I don't put too much pressure on myself, right? So I'm just one chapter a day, I'll do that. <laughs> I, I made the layout of like what I would cover and the AC on my car broke. And I remember saying, oh, I'm not gonna drop the car off. I'm gonna stay while they fix it. That way I'll be forced to write on this book. And they took so long. I wrote so many chapters that day that I was way ahead of my like little to do's Mm. and my little schedule. And so I chilled for a week, (laughs) kind of like when I was at accounting, how I would do the work finish and then do what I wanted to up until the deadline. I did that and went to my two week deadline, but technically I was pretty much done with the book in the first week Um, or after that day of them fixing the AC. And uh, here we are.
0: Interesting. See your your um, generosity precedes you. You know, I it's one thing a lot of people if, when they talk about you is one of the things people talk, say. They say that you are a generous person. You're generous generous mm-hmm. with the information. It's it's like you truly practice abundance, guys. Just to give you a give you context now. Tamara is killing it in the sync world. I don't know if I've said that or even mentioned that. She wouldn't obviously be writing a book Mm -hmm. about sync if she wasn't. (laughs) So she's killing it, killing it in the sync world. And if you're wondering what sync is, sometimes I get carried away because I'm like, because I'm, I'm in music. I kind of expect that everyone who's here, who hears about sync knows what sync is, but sync is another word for music licensing. So when Mm -hmm. you rent your music to You know film tv games you know video games and they rent your music and pay you for it that's it in a a, a nutshell isn't it um and you 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 practice abundance you know it's because you know i'm sure you've heard this concept Mm -hmm. of scarcity and abundance you know people who think with think with a scarcity mindset Mm. withhold and people who think with abundance give and they keep giving and um, so you're, you're not only generous with the information, you're generous with, you know, potential placements that, you know, probably mm-hmm. you can't cover yourself and you're, you, which is how FGC started. Mm-hmm. So that's for goodness sake started. What compels you to give so much?
1: Um, I, I never want to feel like I'm winning in a silo, like just I'm on my own on this island. Mm-hmm. Look at me, guys, I I won. <laughs> i never wanted to feel like that i wanted to um I w- especially with music because it took me so long to get to this point mm. that when i started to get here i was like oh wait no i can take them too come on guys mm. come on come on mm. <laughs> let's go mm. let's yeah. go yeah. and i started to do it before for goodness sake i did mm. it with the collaborations um when i first started collaborating Cause before, so before sync licensing, I'll say this, I was very stingy with collaborations. Mm -hmm. I would charge people um, and I would charge like a high fee because I didn't want to collaborate. I didn't actually want to collaborate. If you notice like most of my albums, it's just me on them. I don't do features. Mm -hmm. I I just, I always felt like, how would they know my voice if I have a whole album full of features? Cause a lot of major artists, like you'll play their album and it sounds like a various artists compilation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's just mm-hmm. filled up with features. And I'm, I'm like, how do you know what I do if I'm doing, if I have so many people doing on my my work of art? Mm-hmm. So I didn't do collabs because I didn't want to do them. Um, but then with Sync, it was like, no, I, I can, they can win too. And I'll let them produce. I'll let them co-write. And I just started collaborating with everyone. It was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And so then when I win, It wasn't just me winning. It wasn't me bragging. It was already us bragging. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started to shout out the producers. Like a lot of artists, when they work with producers, they work with songwriters, they credit themselves. This is my song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're the performing artist. Congratulations. But the song was created with other people. And I would would shout out the producer before I would shout myself out. Mm -hmm. Because people are going to already see that it's my song on Spotify. It'll say Mm -hmm. by Tamara Bubble. So I don't need to pat myself on the back with that. When we get this placement, I'm shouting out the producer because people don't know who had a hand in helping me get where I am, and I started to do that on my uh single covers I'm designing right I'm doing the graphics, I'm doing everything mm. on the cover. I would put who produced it because I started to work with so many different producers I didn't want them to assume it was coming from just one producer. I also started to work with a lot of producers because I didn't want my sound I didn't want like one producer to define my sound. I mm. always wanted to show I can rap on any beat. I can sing on any beat. So mm. I, I I'm gonna work with anybody in the world. <laughs> and it just started to expand from there. And then once all the placements start rolling in, other artists were like, Oh, I see what you're doing over there, miss. Can <laughs> can we collab? Can you rep my music? I have some other <laughs> songs that you're not on. Can you rep mm. those? Then that's that's where for gonna sing started because there were briefs I would get from music supervisors. I don't have male vocals, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I could try to smell some man. But it may not work. You know, it may not be convincing. My voice goes really deep, but it's not a man. So I, I have to bring on some other artists. Mm-hmm. I have to fulfill these briefs with other music other than mine. Um, and when you start to be helpful to the music supervisors, it becomes bigger than you. And mm-hmm. so For Goodness sake, was that perfect marriage of I can help artists get their music in, And I can help music supervisors get the music they need. Mm. And it was just a win-win-win. Give us a little glimpse of what
0: the grind was like coming up (laughs) to this point. Because (laughs) like you rightly said, and I totally agree, I think, you know, generosity usually comes when you have been through stuff yourself. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it fills you with this this drive to want to... (laughs) Share, you know, and mm-hmm. because you don't want people to suffer <laughs> or go through. I mean, I I, I guess you Noah, know, I haven't said that now. I know there are people who go, who will go the other way and say, oh, because I suffered this much, I'm going to withhold. And I know that, but yeah. I think more often than not, I think human beings are generally good, and mm-hmm. because of what they've been through, it kind of compels them and propels them to not want somebody else to go through that so just give us a glimpse of what the grind was like coming up to this place you're in now yeah so before
1: before sync I was um busking I was selling cds hand to hand and I was singing to like draw people to me to to start to pitch to them to, to make the sales it was it was full of rejection hmm. you're like you're singing with all your heart <laughs> And New York is probably not the best place to start off doing that. <laughs> mm, yeah. But they're just so annoyed by people begging or just by whatever. Mm. They're walking right by you. Mm. They will look you in the eye and it's like, get away from me. <laughs> like, stop singing. Mm. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> gosh, gosh. And I've, I'm kind of glad I went through that because my skin got so thick there is no internet comment that could shake me literally nothing could shake me at this point because I was rejected in person the internet is whatever like I don't even know you like I can't even see you like you wouldn't even say this to me on the street they would say it they would show it <laughs> god and that was just that was just like part that was just a little bit of it like I remember all of the interviews I remember all the shows I just remember all the things that I paid for that didn't move the needle and when I say move the needle like I didn't even gain five fans from it like five real legit fans like I, I would never pay for like fake fans fake strings um because that's just vanity metrics like that only would make the artist feel good to think that other people think that they're popping mm. but to actually know to yourself that you're not it's kind of yeah. like Ooh, that's yeah. a weird feeling I, don't, I would never want to do that but yeah all the money I spent like trying to target ads trying to like get on blogs and promo uh, and um like the journalists have them write stories about me and then when you would get those placements or not placements but those I guess those are placements but just mm-hmm. like blog placement or whatever but nobody would check it like you don't have mm-hmm. fans Mm-hmm. Like you have to be honest with yourself as an indie artist. Like nobody's checking for me. What when you, you know, was so rejecting. Like you can post online, like hey everybody, new EP, pre-save or check out my <laughs> single, and like nobody cares. Like they're pressing like out of sympathy. They're not listening. Like you will get like two hundred likes. And you're like, oh my God, they care, and you will look at the streams, and it'll be 15 streams. Like, what, what, how? Wait, this doesn't add up. Who are these? Where did they go? They're just how trying to
0: encourage happen? you. That's the one that used to get to me. I'm like, I don't need you to encourage me with your likes. Yeah, stream. You know what? I it feel be- like <laughs> likes
1: are like, uh, petting a dog. They're there now. Be good. Make another post. Keep going. One day. <laughs> It's so disrespectful. Don't even like my post. I like when I don't get likes. Um, yeah. And even the comments too. Oh, I've, I've been rocking with you. I've been, but you're not streaming. You're not sharing it. So thanks for the solid rock that is doing absolutely nothing. And then as an artist too, you got to not care that they don't stream. And that is what I like about Sync because I put out so much music now. And I say it's out and it's available for streaming. I don't care if you don't stream it because I've been paid for the use. Mm. And the people that watch that TV show is going to stream it. Mm. I don't even care if you stream it now. Like it's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different outlook. Mm. I don't have to beg for attention online because someone's going to pay me and then promote me to their audience. And then I don't need fans. And then I'm going to still get fans from the work that they do for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, I just feel like, man, it should be your sole focus as an indie artist.
0: And I'm guessing that that's because I know it took a while before SYNC actually started working for you. I think because of where you came from, because I know you you mentioned how your first SYNC came after, I think a year after you'd started mm-hmm. sending out. You know, and I think the reason you didn't give up is because you had been through so much rejection um, previously. And you knew what it was like oh. to not <laughs> throw in the towel. especially when you could see.
1: So I, I didn't give up. I didn't give up because I don't know how to. I like right now. If if there. Would be like, you, no, you have to quit music. You have to quit music or we'll kill you. Like, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to give up. And so I knew eventually I would, figure out how to win I just didn't know like what all what I would have to go through to get there like what what I I didn't know what I was missing because I had I was already doing what I thought was everything that it took and I was still willing to do it it wasn't like like all the interviews or like whatever live shows I did it was all good I, I mean I wasn't moving the needle but I wasn't upset I was feeling like this is my purpose. Yeah. This is just the struggle part of it. I don't know how long my struggle will be, but I already knew I would outlive mm. the struggle. I already knew I would never quit. So eventually I was going to find my wow. way. Um, and and the that, that length of struggle, although it was really hard to get through, I was still prepared for it. Like say I had to do another five years of that, I would have did it. Say I had to do another decade of just wow. not finding my way. Like I would still be sitting there now trying to figure out how can I make money with music and in the meantime I would just be doing my accounting. I would be upset, I would be unhappy, but mm. I would be doing it. It's like like a like a marriage. Like when someone gets married, they're promising their life like that's what it is with a purpose. Like I'm going to give my life to this. So doesn't matter how long it takes because eventually i'll find it i'll find it before i die or if i don't i just (laughs) i don't know because i'm dead so i didn't know that i never made oh
0: (laughs) gosh honestly i'm just that's what it takes to succeed isn't it it's literally tying yourself to the post and saying when it comes to your purpose that is obviously i don't recommend you do that for somebody else's purpose if you are stealing somebody else's land but if it's your purpose um, I'm reading a book at the moment, and it's right. I can't remember what it's called—the the Dream Giver or something like that—and he's talking about how many people don't ever reach the place of purpose, or fulfilling their purpose because they sit on it and expect it mm-hmm. to just come to pass. They don't actually start the journey. Um, right. They don't. They don't meet the giants. They don't fight off the giants. They don't fight off the resistance. They don't. They don't take that journey. They just. They probably. That's if they've even mm-hmm. identified it they probably have identified it and they just literally mm-hmm. sit on it and just expect that it's going to magically because it's their purpose is going to magically happen. Mm-hmm. But that's not the stand you took. No.
1: And, and also people don't make it because they put pressure mm. and they put deadlines and they say, oh, I'm going to do this mm. thing for two years. And if I don't pop off, oh, I'm going to do this music mm. thing for six months. I'm going to do it for one year. And if I don't get no placements, I'm done with saying like, what are you talking mm. about? <laughs> there have been songs that, three years later and now oh there's a song i got a quote request song that i made like definitely three or four years ago they're gonna use it they're gonna use it now and i'm gonna release it now and it's gonna be new in 2022 because no one's ever heard it publicly so why are we why are we putting time limits why are we giving ourselves deadlines when it's your purpose so it should be something that's life fulfilling it should be something you can do over your life and especially with music it's not like it's basketball where (laughs) My knee's going to get bad after about five years. Like I can, as long as I can still sing, as long as my vocals don't go, as long as I can still rap. And even if I can't rap, can write, yeah, I can write. Yeah. Like how, yeah. how, how, why would it stop? Oh God! Why would the purpose stop? You can do this till you die. There are people, T, there are people right now that are dead and getting placements. So how dare you say it was too hard for you to do? How dare you quit when there's someone that's not even living, oh. that's moving their music? How Like you have way more opportunity than them. You can speak for yourself. You can reach out to people on your behalf. They have to have someone do it for them.
0: Oh, that is just amazing. That is just, that is just mind blowing. I was listening to a podcast today and um, the lady on the podcast, um, I can't remember her name now. She was saying that it's okay to modify the dream. Mm. So modify being you have a dream, you're pursuing mm-hmm. your dream, and it's not working out the way you thought it was going to work out, which is what you did when you found Sync, isn't it? You you probably started out like many of us, you know, that you want to go down the normal artist route, you know, you want to release albums and get fans, and and then you found Sync, and you went down that line. If you had said, no, this is how it has to be, and this is what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. When I found Sync, I figured out how I could move like the original artist's dream that I had. Mm. So it wasn't like Sync, limited or changed my dream it aligned it Mm. i figured out oh that's how i'll fund everything that's where i'll get all the money from that's why, because like accounting i got paid really well but you need money money to to promote music (laughs) you need label money you need like bank loan money you need like (laughs) put the house up money and that's just for one song so um yeah i i found the perfect alignment i found how i could actually do it indie how I guys yeah. to do it DIY
0: and and I ran with it when I started doing music professionally was the first time I had a huge respect initially before I got in I was hearing a lot of people you know dissing uh, m- uh, major labels and all that and I mm-hmm. but getting in and seeing how much work <laughs> mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. saving even though they were taking a huge chunk how much mm-hmm. work they were saving the artist I had to ha- I don't like them but I had to respect them because I was like, (laughs) that's the kind of money you need to be able to move the needle. Like you said, that's just, just huge. Um, So one of the things that clearly stands out to me from the first time I met you reading Mm -hmm. your book, is this unshakable self-belief you have. And I personally know a lot of women, including myself who have struggled with self-belief and Mm -hmm. I'm just, curious, how would you recommend
1: women deal with that or growing that? I, I think that you just have to back up what you say with what you do. Um, and I think you need to do more. And I think you need to say more out loud. I think a lot of people think things in their head. And a lot of times it's limiting. The thoughts in your heads are usually negative and doubts. Mm. A lot of times when I want to accomplish something, I'll say it out loud and I'll say it around people and I'll start to pretty much announce it because now I've put, and I say, don't put too much pressure on yourself, but I do put pressure on myself for those things because I want to fulfill it. I want to, if I just wake up one day and say, you know, I'm a producer. I'm going to say it in front of people. And they'll be like, what? You make beats? And now they think I make beats. So I got to go make some beats because they're going to want to hear some beats. <laughs> like that, that kind of pressure, that kind of accountability. Um, it's, it's good to speak things out that you want to do. It's good to tell people. And I know sometimes people say, oh, don't share your dreams because people say, oh, no, you can't do it. Prove them wrong. Hmm. That's the whole goal. Now share the dream. And when they say you can't do it, prove them wrong and see the egg drip from their face as you kill it <laughs> that is the goal I love it it's it's hard it's hard because every single person that you meet if what you believe doesn't fit what they see for you they'll try to dissuade you from it so, so your self-belief has to be so strong that not even the most like it could be even your spouse your your Boyfriend, girlfriend, your kids—it could be anybody. Like, it will be the people that you don't think that will try to dissuade you, and they will not. I don't know why. If they just don't see it for you, nah, you can't do that. Nah, why? Like, don't waste time on that. Oh, why don't you do this over here? Oh, why don't you make me breakfast first? Like, what are you talking about? What, what are you do you like? So it's—it could be their own selfish reasons. Maybe they don't realize that they're being negative. They just think they're just talking to you. Whatever. Your self-belief needs to be so strong it can see through it. Like, oh man, that's too bad they don't see my vision. Let me work, let me show it to them. Let me work, let me prove it to them. Let me work, let me prove it to me. Hmm. Let me say it out loud and then let me let them see. Did you have
0: people who believed in you
1: <sighs>
0: through your journey so far at
1: least? You know you know, I kept, I kept my people. I kept my family. I kept my friends. I distanced myself from them, from all of them when I was pursuing music, because I didn't want them to dissuade me. I didn't want them to say, oh my God, you're like out here failing. You're out here looking crazy. Like you just need to go back to account. Like when I would quit from account, I, I, I wouldn't tell them when it was bad. They didn't know. They, they definitely would have been like, and you're still trying to do music? Like, what are you, like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that lonely? Uh, Isn't that freeing. lonely?
1: It was freeing. Um, because I've always believed that. I was never one of the ones that, like, oh, I, I need you all to come to my show and pretend to be my audience. I never wanted that. I wanted strangers to like my music. So from day one, when I had shows and stuff, I wouldn't tell them. I would just go do the show and meet new people. Um, it was freeing because whether I succeeded or failed, they, they didn't know. So they couldn't like, they couldn't throw extra dirt on it. Like it was already enough dirt if something went bad, but then if they found out, like it was already enough problem. If I got scammed, if they found out about it. Oh, you losing too much money in this. Like you need to, you know, they would have something to say. Probably. I don't even know. I just never told them. I just always figured this was my purpose. I picked this dream, (laughs) Mm. I picked this purpose. I have to see it through. And I can't can't have, I don't even wanna call it negativity because I don't know what they would have said. That's just what I had in my head that they would say. And so Mm. for that reason, I didn't tell them. I didn't allow them to experience the struggle, except one time, and I mentioned this in the book. And when I did get my family involved and it was a scam, it went so bad. You obviously know I did not do that again. Never, ever, 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 Because now, now the whole family knows. Now the whole, like, so that before the thing that I was feeling of, of not telling them, I was right. They probably would have said something then even when it was my own money. But now when it's a relative's money too, it's like, whoa, what are you into? What are you doing out here? Like, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's belief. sometimes it just depends. You know, your people, you know, your family, you know, your friends, you know, your loved ones. If they can handle it and if they're be, they'll be supportive, cool. I guess you can tell them. But don't be surprised if they don't support. And don't be upset if they don't support. It's mm-hmm. not their dream. It's your dream. It's not their vision. It's your vision. You, you see it through. You make a believer out of them. Even if they're the last ones to come. Oh, now they see it. I don't even have to tell them. You can't miss it now. <laughs> they see. And and I even had, uh, I, I had a relative tell me a, a while ago too, like, oh, why don't you just, you've been doing this for a long time. I I wasn't telling them what I was doing and they still felt like, well, I haven't heard a pop off yet. Like, why don't you just stop doing this? And I didn't answer. I didn't say anything. And they, they recently said they were proud of me. And it was so, rewarding hmm. i didn't say anything with that too but it's still <laughs> just to work long enough so that they see what i believed in hmm. and to make them a believer out of it i it, it is beyond rewarding so if you could go back in time
0: uh to busking Tamara, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> what advice <laughs> would you give her
1: I would tell her to read my book mm. and i would tell her to take action and I would mm. tell her to create more music and I would tell her to get off the street singing and go make some songs and go get them placed in film and TV. And these very people that are walking by, ignoring you would be listening to you online and finding you online and following you online and waiting for your next release. Wow. So what's next for Miss Tomorrow bubble. Um, I have so much music created already. I have so much music on the way. Um, I am literally on autopilot. At this point, I'm pitching, definitely still pitching to music supervisors, but I am at this point catching to where they are sending me, hey, we wanna use this. Hey, So now these opportunities, I don't have to look for them. Now they're coming to me. Mm -hmm. And now when I don't have something to send for me, Oh, I just, one of my other artists that I am I you know have on my roster. It's, so it just brings opportunity to other people. But what's in store? I don't know. I, I am, the, the book is from sync to superstar. I actually don't want to be a superstar, but I honestly feel like that's what's on the horizon because I can't quit. Remember I told you earlier, I can't quit and I don't know how to stop. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to shut down my flame or my light or whatever it is that I'm doing because if it's my purpose, I have to see it through. Mm. I'm going to keep going. And that means that this thing may really take off. Like a song may really go. And I just have to embrace that. Even though I, I really, really, really value my privacy. Mm. I may lose it. So I'm coming to terms with that. (laughs) I think bigger things are on the horizon. I'm say.
0: Lottery tickets, like you said in the book. Hey? Yes. <laughs> you yes. keep creating I, them.
1: I probably have a jackpot or two on the way.
0: <laughs> Amen to that. The book gives detail, but there's even more detail if you want it. And I think tomorrow is going to let you know that now.
1: Yes. So the the book is available ebook, paperback, hard copy or autograph copies um, on the official website from sync to superstar.com. And then I also have advanced strategies. This is for once you've read the book. There's more, there's so much more that I couldn't put in the book because I just didn't want to type all that. And I would rather just like make a quick video and explain, you know, you can talk so fast. You can say so much in a video. So I I have a Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash Tamara Bubble. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-B-U-B-B-L-E. Um, there's advanced strategies on there and video Q and a, and then, um, my music, all my music's on my official website, tamarabubble.com. I have so much music on the way. Jesus. (laughs) There's so much going on behind the scenes. Like, it looks like I'm just sitting here. Like there's placements that came in today. There's placements that came in yesterday and yeah you see when I, when I hear you talk I just I see joy
0: and guys I get the privilege to see her talk so I'm not just hearing her talk and there's just so much joy that exudes and that's what excites me about the process and you doing your purpose like you said it's not it doesn't feel like work it feels it's mm-hmm. it's play, and the joy and contentment just exudes out of you and that's what it's meant to be like. That's how yeah. living life on purpose is meant to look like. So guys, this is Tomorrow Bubble. Proud yeah. indie artists, SYNC experts, extraordinaire, kicking starving artists ideology to the curb. <laughs> I'm throwing a lifeline to all indie artists out there saying that if you want to make a sustainable living from your music, SYNC is the way to do it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the Girl Unlimited podcast tomorrow.
1: Thank you for allowing me to be unlimited on your podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You, my friend, are a total rock legend for listening to this episode to the end. I hope you found value in it. And if you did, would you do me a quick favor? Would you rate and review this podcast on the platform you're listening? And if the platform you're listening doesn't have the facility to rate and review, then please share the episode with your friends and your loved ones. It would go such a long way in helping spread the word of this podcast. And until next time, remember you're a unique remarkably created person with a God-given purpose and unlimited potential. The question is, what are you going to do about it? You think that nothing will become of me, that I'll never come to anything, but I i i yes, you might have given up on me, cause you couldn't see why.